0: We're glad you're listening to Rhema for Today.
1: But you see, when Jesus died, you remember out there on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, he wasn't talking about the new covenant being finished. It wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished when Jesus died. The new covenant wasn't finished. When Jesus arose from the dead, whether you know it or not, the new covenant wasn't finished until, actually, Jesus did two things.
0: Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagen continues his teaching on how to increase your spiritual effectiveness. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagin for today's message. You see, we read the King James
1: translation about the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. Or another translation said he'll make his home in you. Here in 2 Corinthians 6.16, as it is written, God said, I will dwell. Where? Where? In them. I will walk in them. Well, you see, your home is the place where you dwell, where you live. So God said, I'll make my home in them. That don't seem possible. Your head don't want to accept that. People who are untaught in the Scriptures will reject it. But blessed be God. Those who honor the Word of God will accept it gladly. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, no longer... Does he dwell in earth made holies of holies? Our bodies have become his temple our temples. Now you see, that's one reason that we have a better covenant established on better promises. Under the old covenant, the presence of God was kept shut up in the holies of holies. The Shekinah glory of God. And that's the reason that every male from throughout Israel had to present himself at least once a year in Jerusalem at the temple. That's where God was. That was God's house. God's presence was kept shut up in the holies of holies, the Shekinah glory of God. And nobody, no one, dare approach into that holy presence save the high priest. And he only under great precautions having made sacrifice for his sins and also the sins of the people. But you see my brother, sister, others intruded into that place and fell dead instantly. But you see when Jesus died, you remember out there on the cross, Jesus said it is finished. Now, he wasn't talking about the new covenant being finished. It wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished when Jesus died. The new covenant wasn't finished when Jesus arose from the dead, whether you know it or not. The new covenant wasn't finished until, actually, Jesus did two things. You see, first, when he first arose from the dead, he saw, Mary saw him, you know. There in the garden, and he said, Touch me not, for I've not yet ascended unto my father and to your father, and to my God and your God. Later on, the disciples saw him, and he said, Hand on me, touch me. They saw it was a spirit. Now, why did he tell Mary not to touch him and the disciples to touch him? Well, you get the clue over in the book of Hebrews. The Bible teaches us that the first office when he was raised from the dead, as high priest of the new covenant was to enter into the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood to obtain an eternal redemption for us hallelujah and so you see that's the reason that he said to mary don't touch me don't touch me i've not yet ascended to my father and your father then when he saw the disciples a few days later go ahead and touch me that's all right because you see he had already carried out that prerogative he had ascended unto the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood to obtain an eternal redemption for us. And he came back here on the earth and people saw him as many as 500 at one time saw him and then finally he ascended up on high and sat down and sat down and sat down and sat down. And sat down. You see, you don't sit down till the job's finished. And really the new covenant wasn't finished until he arose on high and sat down. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And sat down at the right hand of the Father where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And then and then only could you say the new covenant's finished. What did he mean then? Out there on Calvary when he said it's finished. Well, read what happened and you know what he's talking about. He's talking about the old covenant being finished. He's talking about because there in the temple, the Bible tells us, that there was a curtain that curtained off the uh, holies of holies. Flavius Josephus, the Jewish historian, said that that curtain was 40 feet wide, 20 feet high, and 4 inches thick. Now, the Bible tells us, Jesus having said it is finished, and gave up the ghost, that that curtain was rent in twain. That mean it was tore or ripped apart. Now notice, from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. That meant that 20 feet up there in the air, an unseen being, an angel from all probability, just took a hold of that four inch thick curtain, 20 feet tall, 40 feet wide, and ripped it apart. And anybody, anybody could see into the holies of holies. You didn't have to go in there then, having offered the sacrifice of animals and nobody but the high priest. Why? Because God had moved out of it. God had moved out of that. God no longer dwells in earth made holies of holies. Under the new covenant, our bodies have become his temple. Now, here's a place where people have missed it. Bless their hearts. we become so religiously brainwashed that we miss the spiritual blessings of God. You see, that temple there in the Old Covenant was holy because it was God's house where God lived. Now, we call the church house sometimes the house of God. That would be all right if we'll qualify our statements. Now, if we mean that that church house... Our church building is the house of God because God lives there. We are wrong. He does not live there, He does not abide there. That's not His abode, that's not His home. If we mean it's the house of God because we built it and dedicated it to Him for worship, that's fine. But you see, people have almost, and I'm sure they have, worship buildings. And put great emphasis on the building. That's God's house. God lives there. And he doesn't at all. One lady was visiting over here in the United States from England. She was of the Church of England. Anglican Church. Or Episcopal Church. About the same. And so uh, somebody uh, got her to attend a Pentecostal meeting. She had never been in one. Now they had Pentecostal churches in England. But she had never been to one. And the friends she was visiting here, some of them went there and they got her to attend. And she just got, this is a true story. Absolutely. She just got all distraught. In fact, she got up and left, went out in the foyer and a friend down in Texas, went to see about her. Oh, she was distraught. Oh, those people are lifting their hands, praising God right out. loud. don't they know this is God's house? She sought the order come in you know, tiptoe in because God's here. <laughs> Sit down, you know, act and look like you was at a funeral. They thought that was a reference. They're making too much noise. Don't they know this is God's house and that wasn't God's house in the sense she's thinking of it? Are you listening to me? You know there was a time, whether you realize it not, but one knows this if they're a student of church history. That, see, through the years, people put great emphasis, not only the Roman Catholics, which we know did, but also the Protestants. John Wesley said, think about it now. Think about it. Just, just a couple of hundred years ago, John Wesley said, see, he was educated as a Church of England or Anglican pastor or priest. And John Wesley said, you see, he and his brother Charles Came over here to the United States as missionary to the Indians down the state of Georgia in the early days of our nation. And were a flat failure by his own admission. Spent one year and went back to England. And in Wesley's writings and journals, he said on the way back to England on the ship, there were some Moravians who taught them some of the deeper things of God. Now, in my opinion, John Wesley and his brother Charles just then got saved or born again. Well, Wesley then got back to England and he began to preach some of these things in the church. Now, Wesley said, I did not know that God, see, they didn't know God would meet you anywhere else. They thought that's God's house. That's where God meets you because that's where God is. He said, I didn't know God would meet us anywhere else except in the church. And you see, he was preaching one time and it didn't set well, you see, with his church And they got up right in the middle of his sermon and threw him out. Well, he said, see, his father was a minister in the and Church of England. And they buried the dead in those days in the churchyard. And see, all the congregation coming out of church. He said, I got up on my father's tombstone out there in the open air and finished my sermon. (laughs) Now listen to what Westy said. Westy said, I didn't know God would meet you anywhere except in the church out." To my utter astonishment, God met us out there. The presence of God was there, you see.
0: Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.
2: We have a wonderful offer this month uh, that will help you to listen to the voice of God. It's four CDs by your dad called "How You Can Be Led by the Spirit, Spirit of God." God yes. He explains it so simply yes, that anybody did. can understand right, it. Right. Yes. And then my my little book called "How to Make the Dream God Give You Come True." Mm-hmm. This is a message that I preached back in 1980. That's right. At a conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I've really ever preached it again. I may have preached parts of it, but it, it, it this explains and and talks to people about like you know Joseph was a dreamer, mm-hmm. and see and God give him dreams and dare to believe in your dream. And then I talk about 13 boys with a vision. That was our track team. Yes. And then I talk about the church's vision to the world. I give a word to ministers. And I talk about quit comparing. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. You are an individual child of God made for what god wants you to do yes and don't don't look at somebody else and say well i'm not i'm not doing what they're doing or i'm not being able to accomplish as much as they're accomplishing that's what god wants them god got you where he is that's anyway right. how to make the dream god gives you come true and that's for a gift of 22 dollars or more good a good saving
0: call toll free 1888 faith 99 again call toll free We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of RAMA for Today. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on how to increase your spiritual effectiveness. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at RAMA.org for more great resources. Thanks for listening to RAMA for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.